Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. With over 700 military veteran journalists worldwide, it's your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Stories from the front. Carrie Harrison with you with your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing, an update on national defense news and stories affecting service members, veterans, and all the rest of us. Well, the Army is changing the way it measures body fat on soldiers to make sure that its force remains fit for duty. When a soldier's weight is too much in relation to their height, the Army has relied on measuring the soldier and then using a complicated equation to, to determine if they have too much body fat. The measurements were taken at different locations for men and women, and soldiers often complained that it was inaccurate, and they were right. A study from the Army found that the tape test was only right about 65% of the time. Imagine if your blood pressure was only right about 65% of the time, you might die. This is just the weight, these are just the armed forces, and most often in the soldier's favor, no matter what the tape said. In other words, recruitment is tough, so that tape is too short, too long, who knows, who cares. During difficult recruiting times, creative math must be able to dismiss what the eye can plainly see, ultimately. This can have a deleterious effect on a soldier's ability for accurate self-awareness, discrimination, nuance, and accuracy, particularly important when live in the field. Moving forward, the Army will measure soldiers only at one location, the Naval, and then use a simplified calculation to determine body fat. For soldiers who fail and want to verify the tape test results, they can use a biometric scanner that has been approved by the Army. This may be the only nation where this is actually a problem. Most countries try to get their soldiers to gain weight, but uniquely, this is the first military force in all of human history where there are applicants that are somewhat interchangeable with passengers on a cruise ship. The Army will phase out the old tape test over the next year before doing away with it altogether, and these changes are in addition to one rolled out in March when the Army released the results of its study on body composition. Soldiers who score high enough on the Army's physical fitness test are exempt from meeting weight requirements, definitely an incentive to train harder. Service officials believe that with all three of these changes, the new tape test, allowing for biometric screenings and exempting high fitness scores, that they're going to be able to reduce that error rate down to zero. Practically speaking, the error isn't the measuring systems, but the culture that the Army is working assiduously to mathematically avoid taking head-on. Decades ago, President John F. Kennedy pushed physical fitness for the entire population. And apart from too much smoking and drinking, people were generally in decent shape. But back then, you had a fit president, which we also haven't seen in decades. However, it's important to get these measurements right because failing the body fat standards could hurt a soldier's career advancement or see them discharged from the Army. This is your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Now we turn to news that a soldier has pleaded guilty to charges that he attempted to help terrorists orchestrate an attack on his fellow soldiers. For more on that, we go to Rethinking Heroes' Rose Thayer. Rose. Thanks. Thank you, Carrie. From Austin, Texas, this is Rose Thayer reporting for Rethinking Heroes. Army Private Cole Bridges has had been consuming anti-American propaganda online when he began communicating with someone he thought to be an ally of the terrorist organization ISIS. He was actually speaking to an FBI informant. During these conversations, Bridges expressed frustration with the military and his desire to work with ISIS instead. He also offered advice on how to attack New York City. He pleaded guilty in a federal courtroom in New York and now faces a possible 20-year sentence for attempting to provide material support to ISIS 
and another 20 years for plotting to kill American military personnel. This news comes as the research as a research report found that the most common link um, among Americans looking to commit a large violent attack is military service. Researchers with the National Consortium for the Study of Terrorism and Responses to Terrorism looked at thousands of suspects and attacks that were both thwarted by officials and carried out. Extremists with military backgrounds were nearly two and a half times more likely to be classified as mass casualty offenders than those who never served. This study hits the Pentagon as officials struggle with how to root out extremists in the ranks. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has made this a top priority, especially after dozens of veterans and some active duty troops were found among the mob to storm the U.S. Capitol on January 6th in 2021. Now back to you, Carrie, for an update on 22 American troops who were injured in a helicopter crash in Syria. Rethinking Heroes Rose Thayer. The news is a sad reminder that the U.S. still has troops combating extremism overseas, even though the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan have ended and the ones on our own soil are never properly evaluated. Well, a helicopter accident occurred in northeastern Syria, wounded 22 American troops, according to the military. The cause of the accident remains under investigation. However, no enemy fire was reported. Ten of the troops were moved out of the region to get medical care at a larger hospital. The crash involved a Chinook helicopter that had to make a hard landing as it tried to take off. About 900 U.S. service members are deployed to Syria, a country they've been working in since 2015. They advise and assist the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces in hopes to prevent a return of the terrorist group that we all remember known as ISIS. This is your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. With climate change evident in every state, every wildfire, every flood, hurricane, modern tornado, in an ever-expanding exponential grip, Rethinking Heroes Rose Thayer has some positive news from the single largest consumer of gasoline in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Carrie. Uh, while the Defense Department is one of America's largest contributors to greenhouse gas emissions, it's also on the forefront in some locations for thinking green. The Washington Post reports that a Marine Corps base in Albany, Georgia, has become the first in the military to reach its net zero goal. It can now safely say that it only consumes as much renewable energy as it produces. To do this, power plants generate electricity from natural gas, which is captured from a nearby landfill and a paper factory. Solar panels warm water for its barracks, and air that is chilled underground cools warehouses and other facilities. The Albany base has been a test site for how other bases can use their own renewable resources to think outside of the box. For Rethinking Heroes, I'm Rose Thayer. Back to you, Carrie. Special thanks to military reporter Rose Thayer for assembling your Rethinking Heroes flash briefing from Los Angeles and beyond. I'm Carrie Harris, and don't forget to subscribe and like to Rethinking Heroes wherever you get your podcasts and follow and like us across all social media simply by looking for Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. Carrie Harrison here with an exciting radio gift benefit just for you. 
Rethinking Heroes has found one more way to help not only vets, but people like you. This is radio giving back for all the time you've spent with us. Rethinking Heroes has found an angel partner who's created a downloadable, fee-free discount pharmacy card to give you up to 90% off many of your meds. It's pegged to government-listed prices, so my $250 Lipitor is only $13. Unlike GoodRx, this bypasses the middleman. It's our Rethinking Heroes Capital RX thank you card with no fees ever, no credit cards, no expiration dates, no cookies, no tracking. Perfect for the modern listener like you dealing with a busted medical system. So accept this thank you gift and download your fee-free cards now at RethinkingHeroes.com. RethinkingHeroes.com. That's RethinkingHeroes.com. By the way, if this isn't a good reason to love this radio station, show me a better one. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. We are uh, going to be giving some love and some nods today to our flagship station, KPFK, that has gone above and beyond, as always, to provide impossible information, information that does not simply exist anywhere else. Find this on any NPR station. You won't. Find this on any commercial talk station. You won't. Find this anywhere else, even in newspapers. You really won't. So what we're doing here is unique. Uh, I think we all know right now about our uh, (laughs) former president after special counsel Jack Smith charged Donald Trump with 37 counts of retaining classified information, 37 counts of retaining classified information and obstruction of justice. Now, if that were you, I mean you. Mr. or Mrs. Listener or Ms. or whatever, you, you, you with the ears on either side of your head. If you had gotten 37 counts of retaining classified information and obstruction of justice, you would be so deep in the slammer. I don't care how many lawyers you might think might be somewhat interested, unless you had really deep pockets, you'd be screwed, locked up, key thrown away, gulag city. But you're not Donald Trump. And he kept 31 classified documents at Mar-a-Lago at his resident residence. <laughs> his re- his resident is that what you call that? I want to live in a. I want where I live to be called a residence. I reside there with golf courses, pools, maids. Please, let's just call it what it is. It's a resort. So from his resort, he attempted to hide all of these documents from federal law enforcement really did attempt to hide them. The indictment includes damning evidence, including the transcript of what appears to be a confession from Donald Trump himself, the former president of the United States of America, a confession that he took the war plans, includes nuclear codes and everything else, that he could have declassified as president, but chose not to. That would be the definition of naughty in probably anybody's uh, encyclopedia anybody's lexicon, but we'll see kind of how that plays out. My view is that nothing really major will happen. Here's why. If you actually go after a U.S. president, you have now opened a door that will never be closed. You can retroactively go after Bill Clinton. I mean, (laughs) they went after him when he was there, but why not go after him just for anything else? Cigarette that he ground out of the pot the joint he never inhaled i mean really go after him retroactively why not just go into hospice and rip jimmy carter out of the bed and go after him too 
you can go after everyone. You can exhume the bones of Dick Nixon. No, I think he was, he died a statesman, so never mind that. But I think you see what I'm saying. That means the next president would be open season for actually having to toe the line, follow the laws, and there would be a word that we haven't used in government in a long, long time called accountability. And it seems that the president of the United States is above the law. It seems true, true enough. So what will happen to Donald Trump? Is this country ready to open those doors so the guy who runs this corporation, this giant corporation, actually has to be accountable? He's not allowed to keep nuclear war codes and other things in his residence uh, for others to see, to not see, to sell, to put on eBay, to do whatever he feels like. Because, you know, if you did it, treason, treason, treason. Yep, that's it. Nothing more to be said. But it's a kind of a special office, isn't it? Or it's a special office if you are loud enough. So Donald Trump's, Donald Trump's tricks, that's actually a, an acronym. Trump's tricks are called TRIMPS. His TRIMPS are simple. Make a lot of noise. Make so much noise. S plates spinning, cyclones swirling, hands this way, that way, prestidigitation, sleight of hand, facial movements, noises, sound effects, TV, newspaper, articles, social media, all swirling at a pace faster than anyone can imagine. Now, once upon a time, and when I say once upon a time, I, I have to speak with historical references because it seems to have been that long. But newspapers had full-time journalists, full-time investigative reporters, full-time analysts, full-time fact-checkers, you know, making real salaries, getting retirement, all of them gone. Boom. 2008, radio. This platform, radio, wiped out 65,000 full-time radio people. Now, when you were growing up, you remember your traffic guy was local, the news guy was local, uh, they threw to this person or that person, all of them had real jobs, and they had real commitments, and they had real accountability. And with technology expanding, and this going back to, or we're going to actually be getting into this a little later, we're going to be talking about Pat Robertson, and I'm not going to take you down a rabbit hole with that yet, but we're going to bring on the great Greg Pallast, BBC's Greg Pallast, Guardian's Greg Pallast, Rolling Stone's Greg Pallast, um, and we're going to take a look at the latest in voting shenanigans. But really, what does this democracy mean, especially with uh, a GOP such as it is looking to change things as we know it, make the United States Ron DeSantis's wet dream. And if that doesn't frighten you, when neo-Nazis are waving literal swastikas, planting flags with wooden poles in the soil of Disney World in Orlando, Florida, Nazis standing there, and with Ron DeSantis's name everywhere, and he has no comment. Now, I don't know about you, but my great-grandfather... He fought those bastards, and he meant it, and he did it so that we wouldn't have to ever see that here on this soil, and now we're seeing it. And you know what? There is a conspicuous silence, a conspicuous silence, except maybe right here, right now with you and me. But I don't see this being the headline in the New York Times with shock and awe, as it ought to be. I don't see it anywhere else. It's like, well, you know. So maybe there's an interesting way to think of this. 
Let me just reintroduce myself in case you're just joining us in your car right now. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. We're taking a quick peek at the enormous volume of indictments against a former sitting president of the United States who will run for president still. There is nothing, and we're going to get back to DeSantis and Nazis, there is nothing in the Constitution that forbids a president from running if he's been arrested and has felonies. Like, he could do it. He could be indicted. There's nothing in the Constitution, so he will run again, and he may very well win again, as he was not meant to run before, but Greg Palace is going to explain how he actually pulled it off. And you're going to want to hear this because you need to know, you need to be able to read the tea leaves. Now, you may be a Trump fan. So how he's going to pull it off is going to be equally interesting to you. I'm generally agnostic in these things. I'm an independent. I have to be given what I do and which is actually what I am. I am independent. I make the best choice. Does the apple have a bruise on the side? Is there a shinier apple? I take the shinier apple. So I don't care, you know, branding. Oh, but it's a Del Monte banana or whoever made Dole. I'm only going to buy. No, I don't care. Forget that. It's which is the best banana. And unfortunately, the bunch is pretty uh, unlovely at the moment. So in talking about Nazism, and let's just talk about it. Let's just call it what it is. Guys standing with German helmets with giant swastika flags planted in the soil of Disney World. And remember, Disney that had a certain kind of special sovereignty as a Fortune 500 company in return for the promise that Walt made back in the 50s and 60s that he would bring in giant volumes of tourism, build an international airport, and flood the state with tourism dollars so that people didn't have to pay a state income tax and make the state a really cool place, the Sunshine State. And he delivered on that promise. And in return, he was allowed to... Uh, pick the sheriffs, uh, control basically the area that he managed. He also committed giant volumes of money. He's not a hero. This, I'm, not, I'm not celebrating him as a flawless hero. But generally speaking, he was a conservationist. Acres and acres, miles and miles of untouched, beautiful nature everywhere all around Disney World. Lakes, uh, recycling, they were among the first. So he did a lot of good stuff. He was a forward thinker. And what was Disney when you boil him down to what was Disney? Disney was a futurist, but not just a futurist. He was all about transportation. That's what he was. He was a train guy. That's it. What is the very first thing and the very only first thing we see at any Disneyland in Anaheim or any, any Disney world in Orlando? It's always transportation. It's monorails, which we'd never ridden a monorail before in our lives, had we? No. We'd never had, a, you know, aerial cable car type funicular bizarre Zylebons floating over lakes before. No, never. That was Disney's magic. Sure, it was the magic condom. In other words, King Ludwig II's fairy castle from Bavaria, which he totally stole and didn't pay any royalties for and made... <laughs> piles of money, along with stealing the Matterhorn right out of the center of Switzerland. But who cares? It was about transportation. Thank you, Greg Palace, for smiling. I can see you on video. Uh, it was about transportation, and that was Disney's great creation. So all of it was about infrastructure. So when he developed the Reedy Creek Development District 
and got the permission to expand and build all of Orlando and make it a cool place. It was about infrastructure, transportation, airports, getting people in and out. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, as you know, took away, took away from a Fortune 500 company that has done a lot, took away that kind of interesting uh, sovereignty that they had to control the environment, keep it clean, organize it, and has put it in kind of a weird receivership. We're not exactly sure what that is. But under that receivership, we now have swastikas, giant Nazi flags planted right into the soil of Disney World with Ron DeSantis signs behind them. That is on the government watch. That's not like a civilian thing with a private company that has its own sovereignty. Trust me, they would have sent a guy dressed as a mouse out to kick those damn flags down. I've seen it happen before. They even sometimes don't let certain people in if they're icky, like super icky, because it pushes the other customers away. But if you don't really control that area anymore, it belongs to the government and the government is planting Nazi flags. What would you say about that government? Well, all you have to do is watch the uh, recent, I think, was, was it the Tonys? Something like that. One of the uh, 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 award presenters was up there and referred to Ron DeSantis as the imperial wizard. Oops, I mean the governor of Florida. Thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying it. If you live in Florida or you intend to go and you've already been cautioned not to go because if you're an African-American, it is considered officially by the NAACP as unsafe. Uh, It may or may not be, but it is inhospitable. Because the second you step there, if you walk onto school grounds and claim that your ancestors might have been inducted here, brought here uh, in chains, and there was such a thing as slavery, that is a third-degree felony. And if you're a teacher and you happen to mention it, you might go to the Huskow. And worse, what if you have a gay nephew and you bring it up somewhere on campus, like in the cafeteria while slurping on a Starbucks? Could be handcuffs under this guy. Why not? Or better yet, have his private police force, the neo-Nazis all over the state of Florida, just come in and beat you up. You know, that's pretty effective and possibly not illegal. We're still not sure how those things are going to work out yet because it's not. Let's just say it's not illegal. It might be unlawful. But with gun shows every other day, who's to say? So the fun is just beginning. This guy wants to be your president. He's banking on the fact that Donald Trump is going to go to the slammer, which I don't think is going to happen. Because if you open the door and you start putting presidents in the slammer and holding them accountable, then nobody else is safe. And I mean the people under them, like all the senators, all the congressmen, all the way down the food chain, everyone being held accountable. I mean, I'm getting hard thinking about that, but it's never going to happen. Not in this country in its current state. But we're going to get into that with the great Greg Palace down the road in just a handful of minutes. I just want to finish up by saying it is a frightening place, a time in which we live. We never thought it possible that we would seriously be discussing uh, these people running for president. And they happen to be Republicans. I'm not anti-Republican. I thought, uh, I mean, my ancestor is Abe Lincoln on my mother's side. Yep blood relative. I'm from Illinois originally. Uh, So I am not opposed to Republicans. There's certain Republicans that are awesome. Uh, There were some even in the 1950s, apparently. Uh, Eisenhower apparently was a pretty stand-up guy, a great general and not a total uh, uh, rogue a-hole, was he? Well-respected, for sure. But this current group 
are not, I think they're unpatriotic. That's the only way I can really describe it. Uh, people that don't like the Constitution, people that don't like the rule of law, people that don't like the 14th Amendment, people that don't like the First Amendment, unless it applies to them uniquely. This reminds me of, you know, 1927 Berlin. Uh, and while we're at it, we can burn some books, ban some but We're minutes from burning the books now that we've banned them. I mean, what are we going to do with all these banned books? They're piled up in the parking lot. I have an idea. Pull out my Zippo. Yeah, you get it. Just wait. It's going to happen under Ron DeSantis. He has to bring up the volume, bring up the technicolor of it all, and really inspire the mobs. And you know, it's easy to do that when you're part of a mob. And I'm part of a mob. I didn't vote for it. I didn't ask for it. But I am now part of a mob. When I don't know what kind of future, do I ever have a retirement? No. Nope. Don't ever have a retirement. What does the future really look like? You know, do you remember going for a job back uh, as a kid or whenever when they would say, where do you see yourself in five years? You could... (laughs) fairly objectively guess where you might be in five years. Can you actually say today where you're going to be in five years? I don't know, in a grocery cart, you know, in a tent, Uh, could be Trump's mansion cleaning. I mean, really, I don't know. Five years, five years. I have no idea. Will will there be medicine? Uh, I happen to be what, what used to be called in code, and we're going back to code now, a friend of Dorothy. You're like, what the hell does that mean? That's uh, a festive American, if you catch my drift. I can't even say it because this show will end up as a podcast in Florida, and I could have committed a third-degree felony and be arrested for admitting I'm part of the human race in one of its various flavors. That said, how could I know in five years if I go to Florida, how would I know if I'm even allowed to get medicine? Because guess what? They took it away. They took it away. If you're transgender, let's look at not let's not look at the fantasy transgender. Let's look at the popular one, formerly known as Bruce Jenner. Okay, everyone admires that guy, Olympiad. He realized for all these years that there was a woman inside, and he decided to release it. So most people respect him, her. Most people respect the process. Most people don't question. Everyone knows that an alligator is born female. Some turn, they can, frogs can go male, female, male, female, multiple times during their lifetime. They have found that fruit flies, and you'll have to pardon my humor here, but fruit flies can switch sexual orientation multiple times in one hour, up to five times in one hour by raising and lowering the temperature. So this is a natural phenomenon, but Ron DeSantis wants to make that illegal. It is illegal to discuss it. It is illegal to admit it on a school campus and many public buildings, and it becomes a third-degree felony. Now, for a person that would want to be the president of the United States, e pluribus unum, and be in charge, the great defender of the Constitution, the First Amendment, in fact, the only amendment he likes is the Second Amendment, the right to shoot and kill those whom he doesn't like. This is a real problem for you and me. I don't care how you vote. I don't care if you do ever vote. But he's banking on one thing. Florida and Arizona, and we're going to go there in just a minute via Greg Palast. I'm teasing you now. I'm teasing you that he's coming on. They both uniquely have something that the other states don't have. One, they both have significant size. Two, they have the oldest population demographically 
anywhere else in the country. Florida has the most amount of 80 plus white people, and so does Arizona. And when you have a governor that knows that every Mildred and Hector is going to show up and vote no matter what, if they have to get in their wheelchair, they will vote. And he has promised them the life of the 1950s again. And who doesn't want to live in the 1950s? Tax rates were 92%. Everyone was suspected of being a communist. Homosexuality was illegal. In fact, there was no range of motion, whatever. And if you got laid, you got punished. And that's it. And there was no freedom of speech. And you watched I Love Lucy and shut up. So who doesn't want to return to that? If you're 86, let me tell you something. And, and I know we have people that are 86 listening, and you will agree. The older we get, the more vulnerable we feel. And I look at my grandmother at 95 on an airplane, sitting next to some young dude. He was probably 30. And his, he was tall. And his leg went over, and his knee touched her. And she clutched her purse. And let me tell you, she was freaked out. Not, you know, somewhere in there, she knew it was just a tall guy whose knee flipped over. But at her age, she cannot defend herself. So the older we get, the more vulnerable we get. And when we feel vulnerable, and we're told that everyone, everyone is out to get us. The blacks are out to get you. The gays are grooming. I don't know what that means. But I think grooming means combing your hair. But apparently it means something different to Ron DeSantis. He would know. Because he is the only straight man I have ever met in my life who thinks about two dudes going at it when the lights go out 50, 60, 70 times a day. Now, you're listening right now. You're a straight guy. How many times a day do you think about two dudes going at it? Okay, we're going to run the clock. Hands up. That zero. Nobody. Okay, come on, seriously. You're straight like Ron DeSantis. You must think about at least 80 times a day. 150. Oh, let's add in children, shall we? Uh, because he's obsessed with the genitalia of little children, boys, girls, doesn't really matter. You know, you don't think about that at all. Why? Because it's not on your radar. If you know what okra is, it's a kind of slimy, nasty. I know some of you love the gumbo, but I hate okra. So much so that it means nothing to me. I can walk into Ralph's, I can walk into Pavilions, I can walk into any grocery store, and there can be freezer cases full of okra. There can be fresh okra laying out in front of me for a penny. We're giving away okra today. I don't even see it. Why? Because it's not interesting to me. It is not part of my language, my natural language. So I actually don't see it. Just like you, as a straight guy, never think about two dudes going at it. Never. Not on the radar. But if your governor, the guy running for your president, is so obsessed with this, well, imagine what he dreams about. Imagine what he does in the shower. He wants to be your president. Now, it's not that that's good or bad. What's really bad is the hypocrisy of it. That should scare the living diddly out of you because he's lying to you in such a way that is so wildly dangerous. He's inciting Nazis. I mean, this is really sick mental illness here. Okay, I'm done. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. God, I feel good. I just do. What can I say? Don't forget to follow us across all social media, wherever you get your podcasts, and like us, like Sally Field. Like us. Like us. Why? Because Mark Zuckerberg has ordered you to do so. 
It means nothing for you to be on Facebook unless you like someone. That is the only metric that matters in life. Liking people whom you've never met and never will meet again. Liking stories that you haven't even read. But just like them because it really helps Mark Zuckerberg. So do him a big favor. He's only up to $136 billion now. His wealth increased 73% during the pandemic. So he's got needs too, and you need to be a little less self-centered. So like everything that's connected to Rethinking Heroes and help Mark Zuckerberg today. All right, how's that for a beautiful moment for a lovely and delicious uh, segue? And we're in just a moment gonna come to Greg Palast here on Rethinking Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. Okay, it is 34 minutes past the hour. With me is Greg Palace, known for his investigative reports for The Guardian, BBC Television, Rolling Stone, and his string of New York Times bestsellers, including The Best Democracy Money Can Buy and Billionaires and Ballot Bandits. I love a good quadruple alliteration. His latest film, Vigilante, George's Vote Suppression Hitman, narrated by Rosario Dawson, produced by Martin Sheen, Greg Pallast, and his hat have been seen on over 2,000 media appearances, Pacifica Radio Network broadcast, this show many times, his weekly election crimes bulletin, and Greg is known for complex undercover investigations spanning five continents, from the Arctic to the Amazon, from the Congo to California, using the skills he learned over two decades as an investigator of corporate fraud. God, we need that again, don't we? I'm going to say those three, four words again because they're so delicious. Investigator of corporate fraud. Ooh, would that we had that still. Well, we do in him. And he did that on behalf of the U.S. Department of Justice. Would that we had that again. 20 attorneys general and governments from England to Brazil. Greg Palast, who earned his degree in finance at the University of Chicago. Yep, the same one. Studied under Milton Friedman and has led investigation of multi-billion dollar frauds in the oil, nuclear power, and finance industries for governments on three continents. He has an academic side, you know. He's the author of Democracy and Regulation, a seminal treatise on energy corporations and governmental control. There's some light nighttime reading, let me tell you. And that was commissioned by the United Nations and based on his lectures at Cambridge University and the University of Sao Paulo. Greg, how much do we love him? I mean, I'm going to go on a little more because you're just not convinced yet. Greg Pallast is patron of the Trinity College Philosophical Society, an honor previously held by none other than Jonathan Swift. We know him as the author of Gulliver's Travels, Essays on Man, and Oscar Wilde, who was wild with an E at the end, and fun. Greg's writings have won him the Financial Times' David Thomas Prize. Greg Pallast won the George Orwell Courage and Journalism Award. George Orwell, banned in the state of Florida. And <laughs> Greg Pallast won the George Orwell Courage, this podcast being heard in Florida probably, banned, third-degree felony. But he won that for his BBC documentary, Bush Family Fortunes. We all remember that. And he has received the Global Editor's Award for Data Journalism and International Reporter of the Year from the Association of Mexican Reporters. Doggedly independent, undaunted by power, palace stories bite. They're so relevant, they threaten to alter history. That's what the Chicago Tribune said. His bestsellers have been translated into only two dozen languages and films broadcast worldwide. Greg Palast, welcome to Rethinking Heroes. I think you're muted, my friend. I think maybe you're still muted. 
We're going to find out. We're tweaking that. Anyway, I'm just going to give you a quick bit of good news. I am just going to ask the control room. Can Are you, you hear me now? Can I you hear, hear you now. now. Yes. All right. I did, I, got, I did want to warn you, though, uh, Carrie, that last night I served um, asparagus with pesto. It was the way of grooming people for okra. <laughs> <laughs> well, the okra is coming. Now. We're slipping it in. <laughs> so don't tell your governor. Don't tell Mr. DeSantis we are definitely okra grooming here in Hollywood. You know, these Hollywood people. <laughs> you know, we're, I think we're all starting to respect Hollywood people again, aren't we? I mean, yeah. you know, whoever thought we'd look to the Kardashians and say, save me. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, it, let's let's jump into something. Um, speaking of the UN, I'm just going to uh, announce that I was just invited by uh, UNESCO to MC World Peace Day in Switzerland uh, for the UN coming up September 21st. So they said, "What do you think?" And I said, "Let me think about it." Yes. So uh, I'm going to do that, and we'll record a bunch of cool stuff. But people like Greg uh, and what we do here, it matters. And this is yes. kind of the point. It actually matters. And Greg, we're going to get into Arizona, which I so lovingly painted a picture of old people who vote. But I wasn't kidding, was I? Uh, no. By the way, congratulations on emceeing Peace Day. Then we have 364 days of war days. <laughs> so, and I'm not emceeing but, uh, those. But, but we're I'm leaving that up to the grownups. But we'll take a break for a day. I think that's a yeah. great idea. I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> grooming people for peace um this is uh we can get into this it was like a whole barber shop yes, yes. Of, of progressive terror um and all this grooming going on so uh it, yes so uh yeah i was just in arizona uh i i can't show you my disguise i was um at a carry lake rally um and um wearing my uh flag uh flag draped cowboy hat i kid you not because i was working undercover for um our our film uh that we've been working on vigilante um and uh also um the election crimes bulletin which you hear weekly on the pacifica network so i was trying to get inside and you and here was there was a special guest that you were would be very interested in uh, Mr. Harrison, which is um, if you remember the guy with the horns coming out of his head. Oh, the one dressed as an elk in the who's, who was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk, otherwise known as the QAnon shaman, because uh, he had yeah. his sign. I was sent here by Q and um, he was featured at the Kerry Lake rally. He had just gotten out of federal prison uh, like as, four as days or and you know so that as soon as you get out of federal prison for uh he was convicted of insurrection and uh and you know the violence of january 6 uh of course that made him a superstar at the uh re republican rally um but he his horns apparently were shaved off in um in uh because he, he had his head covered in a flag bandana, so they must have just lopped off his horns. <laughs> but this is this is actually the the terrible thing about it is that this is the new glorification of violence. I mean, it's very concerning, you know. Uh, instead of saying, instead of the Republican Party saying, "Whoa, we have nothing to do with nutcases like like that uh, horny boys 
now without their horns. Um, we don't want anything to do with them. Instead, the guy gets out of federal prison for for his violence against the United States government and the United States democracy. And he's, you know, he's he's the big hero at this uh, GOP rally. Very concerned about this. And we're seeing this new rise in um, in the glorification of violence and the threats of violence. You know, the whole in fact, Carrie Lake, you know, she used her phrase, if they if they want to arrest Trump, they're going to have to come through me and 73 million Americans. Um, by the way, there are more than 73 million Americans. Your math is way off, Carrie. But I think that she only counted those who voted for Trump. That's that's right. 73 she, million Americans. And she said, and most of us are card carrying members of the NRA. I didn't think that she was saying we're card carrying members of the NRA because it's like, oh, you know, like we're the ACLU or the NAACP. We're going to we're going to march. <laughs> I don't think it's that's what she was talking about by uh, you have to look out for 73 million uh, NRA uh, members because they're carrying more than their cards. The problem is, the, is Carrie Lake going to st start a now pogrom with um, guns against uh, transgender people? I don't think so. But on the other hand, she's sending out a message and they know that there's enough nutcases out there that the message gets across. And I'm very afraid of the coming violence. Let me country. ask you a, a quick question here, Greg Palast. Um, mm -hmm. you, you're one of the bravest people I have ever met. Do you find that punching a transgender person who can't defend themselves, is that a manly act in your <laughs> Well, if you get hit by Carrie Lake, yes, it would be a very manly, very manly act. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, because I, I remember in school uh, back when we had them the way that we used to remember them, that we were taught punch up, never down. Gentlemen, punch up. You punch up to that which is bigger than you, but you don't punch down to the weaker and the ones that can't defend. That's considered cowardly. And we're seeing politically exactly as you point out, all of this is cowardly. They're all punching down to people who literally cannot protect or defend themselves. So fringe minority numbers, so incapable of having any kind of common voice or common power. And it is just the weakest, most cowardly act. But it's, it's you know, you put on horns, dress as an elk, and by God, you're a Viking. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's uh, cosplay, but the problem is when when some when some of these you know they're they're pretending it's it's like fantasy island except yeah. the problem is that's that there's a few people who are armed who aren't going to be playing and this is a big problem so i'm i'm very concerned because also when i was in arizona i was speaking just before i went to the got myself put on my uh cowboy flag hat and got into the Cary lake rally uh i did speak with some of the leadership of the hispanic voting rights community where at the drop boxes, the ballot drop boxes in Arizona, in Hispanic communities, they had a group of vigilantes armed to the teeth. So these guys, remember, you have open carry in Arizona. It's just like the Wild West. So you literally have guys with, you know, uh, gun belts, et cetera. And they stand next to those drop boxes and they start asking Hispanics, you better be a citizen or you're going to go to prison. They start threatening people, questioning them. And of course, it's scary. These people have guns. So they now have seven flying squads of 50 
safety workers. When there's a problem, they come to de-escalate. They don't come armed to, to add to the problem. They come to de-escalate the problem. Can you imagine you have to call a uh, safety squad so you don't get shot when you're voting? Um, you know, this is what is this? Um, Nicaragua? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, Russia or whatever. I mean, this is so what's happened is I this is what we're afraid of is this intimidation that I'm seeing and I'm seeing it in in uh, Florida, in Arizona, Texas, in uh, in fact, I'm flying off to Texas today for our right. uh, investigations. And this is one of the issues. We really Let's, are very getting concerned about about this issue of of violence as part of the elect, electoral so-called process. Greg Palace, thank you so much for coming on. Very welcome. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com.